Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Zandra. And I'm Karen. And we're the creators of Little Yellow Couch and the Style Matters podcast. We believe that how you set up your home can actually help you live your best life. Through this podcast, we have found that there are a lot of other people who get just as excited as you do about creating a meaningful, purposeful home. We interview top interior designers and bloggers about what drives them because there's a whole community of us out here who resonate with the idea that style matters. We hope these episodes leave you feeling energized and inspired to create a home that gives something back to you. Because in this crazy world we live in, it's good to remember that things like beauty and happiness are within reach. This week, we're talking about how your passion can also be your saving grace when it comes to balancing work and home. Our guest this week is Nicola Broughton, otherwise known as the girl with the green sofa. Nicola quickly amassed a huge Instagram following for her dramatic interiors, but she also has a day job. She's a financial director for a bio-research company, so she throws herself into decorating whenever she needs a creative fix. We always enjoy interviewing people with fabulous style who don't do it for a living because they can often clearly articulate why decorating is so personally fulfilling. And Nicola certainly does that in this interview. So let's chat. So, so we'd love to hear a little bit about the inspiration and the story behind Girl with a Green Sofa. And if you could tell us a little bit about how an investment director gets into the world of interior design. Well, yeah. So if we start with how I got into interior design first, because um, it's sort of a a bit of a journey, because I think even back when I was a student, I I sort of look back on those days, and so does my dad, actually, where I I went to Oxford University, and and we always used to pack the car up with all of these lovely things to make my student digs just look so much nicer. (laughs) Um, And even though I didn't have my own home at that point, I wanted to be surrounded by nice things. Mm -hmm. And that sort of continued. And then I moved to Toronto um, to do some postdoctoral work. Um, And that was the first time I'd had an apartment that I could actually play with if you like even though it was rented and I I got playing with paint and decorating and things like that um and then I left Canada and came back home um to do an MBA 
and actually, much to my parents' despair, I went back to live with them. So I was just, <laughs> I just turned 30, and I was like, hi, Mum and Dad, I'm coming home <laughs> 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 uh, to do this degree. But, do you know, that was really interesting, because what I found was, while I was studying really hard, there was this lovely antiques place where you could go and bid for furniture, you know, the sort of thing where you could do sealed bids. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that on a weekend. So I used to sort of save up some money, and I'd go and explore, and I'd pick all the things that everyone looked at and thought ooh but Uh I could sort of see the potential and then literally I was at home in my dad's garage stripping off furniture and paint and and, you know redoing furniture and that really got me hooked (laughs) by the time I'd sort of moved to Leeds for work um, and we bought this house I knew you know that I really enjoyed doing it but it remained very much in the background of my career which has always been science and business hence the the, the director's bit Um, and it was only about 12 months ago that I sort of came out of the design closet for want of a better <laughs> <laughs> um, and started showing people what I did um, mm. and I was absolutely amazed by the response I've had on Instagram I mean absolutely gobsmacked by how people interact it's such a lovely community mm-hmm. um, but I've had a lot of feedback on the house and you know what I always thought of as a hobby is it's sort of become that little project for me, it's that sanity part of my life because I'm, I'm a full-time working mum, two, two young kids. And um, my husband always laughs at me because when I'm at my busiest, to be honest, I'm the one with a paintbrush in the hand redecorating the living room. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, and so if we come back to the concept behind the green sofa, I mean, the green sofa was the um, very first picture I put on Instagram. I just bought that beautiful velvet sofa yes. and I thought I was mad because I had two boys um, and it was going to get horrendously scrub, scrubbed up. And I just thought, Do you know what? I love it. And so what? It says a lot about my style in that it's velvet. It's not naturally um, useful for small boys, but yet you still have it. Um, and I like the idea, a bit like you guys, of having a couch from which I could interview people for my blog. So mm. that, that's where the whole sort of concept and how I got into all of this came from. Oh, there's so much to dig into there. I've, you know, so <laughs> many questions that can come right from that story. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, and one of the first things that you mentioned was having two energetic young kids. And we, we've totally been there. We get that. <laughs> what would you say to someone who says that they can't have the home they want until their kids are grown or they can't have, they can't even have the velvet green sofa. Right. Well, well, firstly, um, I am of the opinion that you should be able to have what you want in your home. Um, now, I get that some people have budgets, so they may not want to splash out on items. But actually, I mean, you can see how full my home is, how maximalist, for be- want of a better word. Mm-hmm. My children have not broken a single item in the nine years mm-hmm. <laughs> since right. I had my first son. They've not broken anything. They've grown up with the house as it is, so they learn to respect where things are, and they learn to respect, you know, the space. They've got used to the space, and they've got used to moving around in it and yes they have their silly moments where everything gets thrown on the floor and they bounce around the rooms but (laughs) there's nothing too precious or breakable so and the second thing is actually in my opinion I'd rather have the velvet sofa with a couple of chocolate fingerprints than a bland beige one (laughs) yeah 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 I, I I think Karen and I both completely agree with that I mean we I don't think we've sacrificed our own style for our kids either um 
And I don't even know that that was a conscious choice as much, but just, I don't know, you just figure life is going to happen. And if a spill happens, it happens. Um, A spill could just as easily happen on a beige sofa as a green velvet one. So why not go for the green velvet one? Absolutely. So one of the things that you talked about in that first post um, about the green sofa and why it was so popular is, I mean, the, the sofa is a showstopper. But I think the whole room is quite dramatic and really, really kind of brings you right in. And we wanted to talk about your your go dark or go home mantra. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and um, what do you love about them? And um, do you have any advice for going for it when it comes to choosing a very dramatic, bold, dark color? When we first moved in, I painted it in lovely neutral colors with with sort of a view to selling it. Mm. Um, and then we thought, do you know what? We've got a great park. We've got a big family house. We're right next to the school. Are we likely to sell it anytime soon? And, and no, we're not. Mm-hmm. And it was that time I discovered, obviously, Abigail Ahern and her dark side. And I sort of really <laughs> liked it. But my husband said to me, oh, it's a bit dark. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try one room. After all, it's a pot of paint. If I don't like it, I can paint it back. The bedroom was the first one we did, which is almost black. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really dark gray black. Um, and it just feels so cozy. Yeah, I think that's that's the whole thing. When people ask about my style, it's about feeling homely and cozy. I like to walk in the front door and go, oh, when mm. I get home after my day job. And I think the darkness helps me. Mm. And I know it's not for everybody, but that's that's what that's what I'm drawn to. Um, and so gradually over the last sort of three or four years, each room has got darker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also about that contrast, because if you think about how the grey looks behind the green sofa, mm-hmm. it it's quite a contrast and it and it really works with art too. I find if I put art on the wall, for me, that darkness actually makes the art stand stand out. Yes. I, I love how you you think of the dark walls as um I described them as dramatic and you're describing them as cozy. And I have a dark room too. Karen has had dark rooms in the past. And I very much agree that my dark room is our coziest room in the house and I love it. Um, mm. but, but I don't think that that's the first word that comes to mind when people think of dark, they think of dramatic or they think of bold or, and, you know, cozy is kind of the antithesis of that. And, and, and yet that is the feeling that you get when you're in there. And I think that's what it comes to. I think people are scared of the drama. Yes. Of the dark. Yes. But actually if you decorate and, and I do, I decorate by gut and by feel. Um, so a room will never be a room for me unless I can feel comfortable in it and so hence the darkness creates that for me well and I love I mean you're what you're talking about is something that Xandra and I talk about so often is is really starting when when thinking about decorating a home as a whole or even just a room we talk a lot about this idea of how do you want to feel in the space and I love that just everything you're talking about falls under that category, making decisions about what you're going to have in your space, uh, despite, I don't know if despite's the right word, but despite having children. Right. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could say that. That sounds really bad. About our I don't kids, mean anyway. it badly. Um, you know, or, you know, just, just even 
even your husband having that conversation of sort of like, oh, do we really want to go dark? But let's just see, you know, there's this sort of why not behind the, I know I want to feel this way. So why not try this? What, 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 what's going to happen if you do it mm-hmm. and you hate it? You'll just paint it back. Now, I, I know for some people, maybe that's a big task. But for me, I usually decorate a room in a day anyway, because, you know, I just get on with it. And so if I don't like it, it goes back in a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've made some awful mistakes with bright orange terracotta and all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> but generally, I'd rather, you know, a bit of paint on the wall, like a tester pot. I can't get the feel of that. I need to feel the whole space before I'm comfortable. So for me, I tend to say, right, I'm going to do this. And I do it. And then I work on it. So, you know, it may be in one room, I will paint it all dark. And then I'll think, do you know what? It needs something else. So it may be wallpaper. Um, You know, a lot of my rooms have wallpaper. So sometimes I then add wallpaper. And and then, you know, there's this sort of collecting to it. You start off with certain items. This house wasn't as full when I first moved in. And and you add to it and you move things around. And there's this concept of shopping your own home as well, which is you know, when you get bored of things, you can move them around or take mm-hmm. things from other rooms. And, and I can I kind of get bored quickly. So. Yes, me too. <laughs> and I do too, a lot yeah. of that as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's a lot of my motivation is I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. oh, absolutely. Well, mine's I'm bored or I'm stressed. If I'm stressed, mm, yes. um, I need that creative side to balance mm-hmm. me. Um, and so, you know, it, it may be that I don't want to decorate the room because I haven't got time, but it may be that I just need to move a few things around to feel better about something. And, and so, again, it's back to this feeling thing again, but it's a good balance to having a sort of financial scientific job is to have this lovely creative side which says you know what that's too much for me today I'm going to just take my head out of it and it's that's what it's about for me take your head out of it do something wonderfully creative and then come back to it when you've you've kind of had that space that you can think about things again Mm, I, I love that I love talking to people who who are not doing this professionally but still have a passion for it and a, you have a huge following and you are committed to it and you talk eloquently about it um, because I think it puts it puts it into perspective you know we talk to a lot of people who do this professionally but it's it really kind of is their whole world but but for you it's there's this such a crystal clear reason why you're doing it and and I I really I really love that and I kind of want to talk a little bit about that business side of yours because you um, you have a real passion for helping makers or, or, or small shops that carry vintage or carry interesting things and, um, and supporting them and even kind of giving business advice, it sounds like. So um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the people you're passionate about and why. Why are you passionate about supporting um, small make, you know, makers or small shops? Well, it, it sort of, again, it stems from my day job um, because I ran a small business. Now, it wasn't a creative business. I ran a biotechnology company um, actually developing treatments for, you know, the superbugs we hear about. Mm. Um, and I remember the challenges and, and what you feel like, you you know, you're learning on the job. Where do you get your advice from? How do you find the money? What, what on earth do you do? What comes through my blog time and time again is that finding mentors and finding people to help you with the business side, because you've got the creative side, mm-hmm. but that whole business side, it's actually really difficult. Mm-hmm. 
the sort of passion for what I do in a day job sort of became a passion that brings my hobby into the you know, into what I do on a day-to-day basis. And so, and I, and I really wanted to help people. So that that's almost the, the ethos beside the, sorry, excuse me, behind the business side of the blog. And then the other side is the sort of, as you say, go dark or go home, my ideas on design get written up. And then I talk about home tours and I look at all of my inspiration. As you've gone through doing some of these interviews and some of these home tours, are there some things that you've pulled away, some ideas that you could share with us? We'll be back after a quick break. I just want to jump in here for a minute and remind you about the new free quiz that you can take at slowstylehome.com. It's called the Fix My Room Quiz, and I've created it because a lot of times when we're ready to change up a room in our homes, we get stuck not knowing where to start or what to do first. I mean, do you paint the walls? Do you come up with a different floor plan? Do you declutter first and then buy all new stuff? It's daunting. So the quiz is designed as a way for you to assess what's not working so that you're pointed in the right direction in terms of what to focus on. Everything else can kind of fall away. After years of helping others look around their rooms and identify the possibilities for big, impactful changes, I figured out how you can do this assessment yourself. The 20 multiple choice questions will ask you about how your room is functioning and how your style is developing. Then you'll receive a detailed summary from me about what you should tackle first. No more guessing and no more throwing money away or time. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. All right, let's jump back into today's episode. I think the one thing that follows through all of the tours, very little people on my blog decorate by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, they decorate based on what they like, on what comforts them, on what is visually appealing for them, whether it's white or dark interiors, by the way. You know, I I, I like both sides of the coin, but um, people sort of decorate for coziness and they've decorated their own homes in that way. You also wrote a post on, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was about layering and it was about, you know, kind of going maximalist. And mm-hmm. we wondered if you could share from some of those strategies that you, that you shared in that blog post. Yeah. Um, I mean, the maximalist strategy is basically, a, you know, it, it's a, a mask for the fact that I like stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so artfully layered. It's, there's if, you so, give, there's, if you give it a name, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to call it hoarding is the thing. Let's, let's, uh, what's the difference between hoarding and maximalism? <laughs> I think you figured line, that out. <laughs> it's a fine line, but it's all about how you display it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you, you have to have a fine line, I think, because, you know, I think most maximalists do love stuff mm-hmm. um, and it's a collecting thing it, for me um, it's years of collecting actually it's not just stuff I've just picked up so right. you know I think when you you can't create a maximum maximalist interior from scratch you, you mm. can't just go in and say I've got a, a white box and I want to create it because you know I've got furniture I've had for 20 years that I've renovated myself and I've got art that I've collected from lots of different places but the, the sort of key things for me for the maximalist home is texture 
absolutely text you all the time because you know whether it's rugs on the floor it's wallpaper it's artwork displayed on a certain wall like a gallery or it's big statement art it's objects it's plants it's flowers lighting's important for me I still aspire to the seven or eight lamps per room (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not quite there yet but I am in some rooms and and I think the reason for that is I don't like overhead lights right right. um so I think the art of a maximalist home is how you pull it together but um the actual concepts behind the texture and the art and the lighting people can get behind those sort of basic concepts and find things that work for them and then you build on it you Mm -hmm. know you start with a baseline and you think actually this would look better here and maybe we'll layer that in that way um or this there's a gap in this wall that I need to fill I'm going to go out and find something and you gradually collect until you sort of got a room that you're well you're never 100% happy with but um sort of feels right could you explain to someone when you know it's not working it's it feels cluttered to me when it's not working Mm -hmm. and that that's a really weird concept when you see my home (laughs) because to some people it does look cluttered a few people have said that before well I love how it's it's really personal preference it's it's a it's a subjective question you know how do you know if it's not working well does it feel cluttered it's it's and I think that's empowering because I, I think that so many people you know, are looking for rules to follow so that they get it quote unquote right. And and I think that just playing around like you've been doing for so long, you know what's right for you and you know what's what feels right and you're not afraid to play around or take the time. And in fact, taking that time is is almost therapeutic for you. Like we said at the very beginning, it's it's your sanity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, then sometimes when I've been away on a trip, for example, if I go away for work and I come back and I walk in and I think, hmm, that doesn't work because I've had time away Ah. and I sort of walk in and I think actually I got used to that visually, but actually now I've come back, it doesn't work. And then I want to have a play with it and move it around. Oh, I I loved how you said it's, um, what word did you use? Oh, I've got used to it. You, you know, you said you, you go away on a trip and then you come back and, and you, it's like seeing it again or with fresh eyes. And I think mm-hmm. that's true for so many of us. We get so used to what we're looking at right. that it becomes um, kind of just melds together and you, you kind of stop really seeing it. And I think, I think giving yourself that opportunity to come back with fresh eyes is so helpful I quite fancy a change. So we're about to do my son's bedroom, which is partly driven by him, actually. It's really, it's a lovely concept that you can, you think um, you're decorating your house despite the children, but actually my kids are quite interested in it all now. And certainly the last 12 months since I've been doing it sort of more publicly. Yeah, well, and I I think, I think something that's missing, at least in America, is an appreciation for objects because everything's so disposable. And so I think that you are, you are helping your kids really see what's in your home, take care of it, care about it. Um, I, I think that's a, great, that's a great life lesson. I think it's important for kids, right? Because as you say, things are so disposable. They are, you, there's a lot of plastic toys that sort of appear and disappear at Christmases, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it they, they just get used to having so much stuff um, and actually having an understanding the value of stuff is really important. So um, it, it's useful to just show them that side, which is actually, you know, that desk and chairs you've got, 
however many number of children before you had those desks and chairs and can you imagine what they did with them Mm. can you think about how they might have used them and it sort of gives them a bit of a history lesson as well and part of you know the decor for his room is going to be a world map so that he can do geography you know he can lie in bed and we can say because I, I we do this every night with our kids which is choose a country what are we going to learn about that country tonight now we used to use an old plastic globe we're going to have a wall mural instead <laughs> <now>. <laughs> it's just like what are we going to learn about South America this this right, evening and right. stuff like that so it, it's slightly educational in my mind as well right <laughs> the idea that we can interact with the environment that we live in I just think that's really beautiful that there's you know, I, I think when we think of a room having a purpose, it's much more, I don't know, you know, the kitchen is where we cook or and the, the dining room purpose. is where we yeah. eat, you know. And and I love this idea of your son's room serving him on so many different levels. So we always love to end the interview with the question, why does style matter? And I, f- I feel like... Yeah, I'm not that- sure you have anything left to say <laughs> I, on, I, on I think you've said everything on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you have anything that you want to add about, about why, on a deeper level, you know, style matters to you? Oh, gosh. Well, again, I mean, it is coming back to... So if, if we look at the points, it matters to me style matters to me because it's it's a sanity and a therapeutic thing for me my home has to be my haven um when I come in from work but equally it has to be a family home so style and incorporating it into our family environment and I don't just mean the kids getting used to it the kids being part of those decisions um I love the fact that my husband loves our home Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he occasionally raises his eyebrows when I do certain things. <laughs> but um, he, he has said to me, I love coming back to our house. It has the right feel for me, mm-hmm. too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's not just me doing this. You know, it, it, it is the whole family. And they, they get a lot of richness from their environment and the ability to relax. That, yeah. that for me, is why style matters. It's not an aesthetic. It's not, um, you know, something to be aspired to. Although, you know, I, I would love to to do some high decor things for me because I'm not an interior designer. The style style matters because it's home. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Nicola. We've yeah, really... thank you for working from home today. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to go deeper with any of the content you've just heard, look for our upcoming videos, blog posts, and other ways of engaging through social media. And if you want one convenient place to get access to everything, sign up for our newsletter. Once you do, we'll send you our worksheet on creating a mission statement for your home. And please, we'd so appreciate it if you take under a minute to rate this podcast on iTunes. It really makes a difference in helping us keep this show going strong. so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.